What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. We begin our number two of the Lombardi Line presented by Ben MGM. Dave Rocks alongside Mike Pritchard here at Snap Point Casino and Hotel in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. And Pritchard, let's talk about potential Roy's this year at the wide receiver position, the rookie of the year uh, in the NFL. When you look at a talented wide receiver class, mm-hmm. we had six go in the first round here, which, by the way, was the number. It was started off at five and a half. Then it went up to six, six and a half, and it lands at six for the number of receivers. I think six taken in the first 19 picks and no more uh, until the second round. So we've got a talented group potentially to choose from here. But I want to take you back to 1991 when Mike Pritchard was a rookie in the NFL. And I look up here and I see 50 receptions for over 624 yards, Mm -hmm. a couple touchdowns, uh, yards per catch getting about 12 and a half there that first rookie year. What, is, what does it take to be a successful rookie like you were to come in from the jump to potentially bet one of these names at these numbers? Yeah, getting on the field is essential. Uh, I started uh, from day one and, and then uh, just making sure I stayed on the field too. So I was a third option. Mm. I mean, I had those numbers as a third option because we had Michael Haynes and Andre Risen. <laughs> uh, and so I was the third receiver, but it made us more difficult to cover. Uh, right when you have three receivers like that, and so we're seeing the league get back to that with mm. multiple wide receivers, three wide receiver sets. Uh, so when I look at the list, you know, uh, and I made all rookie team. I didn't make rookie of the year. Uh, Leonard, Leonard, um, uh, the running back, he played up in New England. I forgot oh, okay. his last name. Okay, ah, he's from Arizona State. 
Uh, anyway, he won rookie in of the year. He was a running back. Okay. Uh, I, n- I remember his first name was Leonard. So, <laughs> um, but anyway, he won rookie of the year offensively. But uh, in terms of uh, receivers now, you know, you look at the preference too. So, like, and how are they going to be utilized? Uh, so Drake London uh, getting drafted where he got drafted to Atlanta. Atlanta wanted him. That was their preference. Mm-hmm. And so you can imagine Drake London in the red zone putting up a lot of touchdowns in the red zone with Kyle Pitts because those are two trees, and he certainly can high point the ball, 50-50 balls, and challenge that way. Now, out in the field is going to be a challenge for him. Right. But in the red zone, that's what Atlanta is indicating that they want it. Uh, Traylon Burks is another guy who, with a different skill set who's going to get a volume of uh, balls his way mm-hmm. at plus 752. So I think from a preference standpoint, as a better, you just got to dive into – how you perceive the teams are going to utilize these players. Leonard Russell. Leonard Russell. What? I mean, that is a blast from the past. I remember Leonard. I couldn't remember last name Russell. Not many people remember that, (laughs) but that was your 1991 uh, rookie of the year. That's right. You know, it is interesting when we mentioned Traylon Burks here and you saw the A.J. Brown trade, Mm -hmm. right, and goes to Philadelphia, and then you're bringing Burks here for Tennessee to come out the talented rookie receiver out of Arkansas, uh, getting about plus 750 on that number. Is that – a real possibility that they're going to force feed him the, the football, Ryan Tannehill, Malik Willis, whoever it might be. We, we assume it's going to be Tannehill here. That all of a sudden you go, all right, the trade, you get rid of A.J. Brown. We don't have to pay you. Philadelphia pays you. And now, guess what, Mr. Traylon Burks? You get to go right into that role and try to excel as a rookie. Is there value in that number for you? I think there is value because, one, I don't think the Titans playbook is all that complicated. Uh, meaning a whole bunch of checks, a whole bunch of formation changes and yeah. all this stuff. And uh, it, it's an athletic uh, offense. Uh, Todd Downing, certainly what he's doing up there. They use multiple wide receivers too. Uh, and so for, for Traylon Burks going to the Titans, when you have King Henry in the backfield too, that can open up. You could have some one-on-one matchups out there. So uh, I, I, I'm intrigued by that. I, I don't think it's going to be hard for him to grasp a playbook. And then therefore you look at the opportunity that he's going to get a number of footballs thrown his way now to get to get the quarterback situation. We just talked about the quarterback situation. They get that iron out. Yeah. Plus seven fifty is not bad. You know, I look at a guy at Brees Hall Mm -hmm. at nine to one. Okay. okay, Non wide receiver. Look, no disrespect to Kenny Pickett, but I do believe it's going to be Mitchell Trubisky barring injury to be the starting quarterback. And you mentioned right off the top, before you start handicapping this, you got to look at availability. Who's right. going to be on the field? So it's hard for me to say that I could invest in Kenny Pickett when I just don't think he's going to get the opportunity right away, right? So, yeah, Drake Wan is going to get the opportunity, but it's Marcus Mariota. Now, mm-hmm. Brees Hall, he's a three-down back. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden I look at Brees and I go, he's going to have the opportunity to be what they thought they were getting in Le'Veon Bell a few years ago when he came out from Pittsburgh, and that didn't work out. Could you see value there in Brees kind of being a guy that doesn't come off the field? I like how he runs the football. He is a, a wide zone guy, and that's what the Jets are going to use with the floor. Yet one cut uh, the guy, and, and he's durable. He really is. Um, it's intriguing. I, I mean, here's where a situation, offensive rookie of the year, if you build a position or you sprinkle money somewhere right now, yeah. take advantage of the odds. Christian Watson, he was the uh, second rounder, and look at his name. number at plus 900 right, right. here. Right, and, but he's playing with Aaron Rodgers. There you go. Right, and, and so Christian Watson, and, and I'll go old school a little bit. And I said this before. Now I'm not comparing him, but when you look at him and evaluate him, he's like a John Stallworth type. He's a mm. big play receiver. Now, will he learn how to run the entire route tree? Yes. Will Aaron Rodgers make him a better receiver? Yes. Mm. Uh, but a small school 
start kind of like John Stallworth, and then you pair him up with somebody on the other side like a Len Swan, something different, right? Man. I mean, it's incredible, right? But I think Christian Watson paired up with Aaron Rodgers in that offense. Uh, that could be incredible. So plus 900 is not bad. You know, very quickly to that end, because I love that name and that number, that price point at 9-1. to one. You know, everybody was bemoaning the Packers not drafting a first-round receiver mm-hmm. forever, right? And then all of a sudden you think, well, now they finally get Christian Watson, they trade up to get him early in the second, but you let Devontae Adams go. So aren't you kind of, even though now you get a, a, a potentially a big play receiver, you're still reinventing the wheel because you've just let your alpha receiver go to Las Vegas. So is, is Watson going to be expected to go? Like, is Rodgers in that playbook going, now i got to coach up this kid? I just let a guy go that knows exactly where, where I know where he's going to be. He knows where I'm going to be. We, we have this perfect unison for years mm-hmm. together. And now i got to redo it with a young kid. Is that a challenge for Rodgers that he's looking forward to? Or is he rolling his eyes going, man, my number one's in Vegas. And now i got to go with a bunch of kids and Randall Cobb. Well, it is a challenge, but I like the challenge. I, I like the fact that if you're Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> something's going to motivate you. Because remember last year, he didn't even go to camp. Right. Uh, and it was about him and his situation. And, like doing like yeah, retreats and right. stuff. But and... I'm comfortable with Tay. <laughs> I got Cobb here now. I'm highly comfortable. I'm complacent. I don't I'm, need it. I, right. And they won 13 games, but then they got their butts kicked in the playoffs. Boy. So if you need to engage Aaron Rodgers by putting him with a younger receiver and, hey, look, why don't you teach this guy and help him out? Then, okay, now you got a fully engaged Aaron Rodgers and a different Aaron Rodgers. With, with which, a new contract, Aaron Rodgers. Right, right. So I, sometimes you, you, you motivate players differently, especially legendary guys. How are you going to motivate Aaron Rodgers, right? Right. Oh, okay, give him a, a dynamic player that he can see potential in and he wants to help. And now, now he's different. Now he's engaged. Now he's spending more time with these guys and, and making them better players and then, oh, therefore making our team better. Mm. So it, it could be a, a, a different approach when you get rid of Devontae Adams and then you bring in a guy like this, Christian Watson, who could be a, a really, really, really good player in the National Football League. Uh, and where do you see Watson right away? Because, again, when I look at the, the receiving core now for Green Bay – I mean, Pritch, I just go, where's the where's the the one guy that you go, man, I gotta we gotta lock him down mm-hmm. now that Adams is gone. Because it feels like you've got a lot of B's and C receivers, but no A receiver right now. I'm trying to remember where Devontae Adams was drafted. Was he a second, second round, round second pick. rounder? So yeah. I mean Can he can can Watson, I guess, step in, Pritch, and be the, the number one? Well, today's NFL receiver coming out of college, the learning curve is not that severe. It's not that steep. Um, it's when do you get settled down? For me, I was settled down from day one, and I was able to to play. Right, right. For other players, it's the mental approach to it, and and when do you get settled down, and when can you uh, add that production out there? It's hard to say, but with that offense, you don't really need a number one all the time. I think Devontae uh, established himself that way, but when you distribute the football in that West Coast offense and you look at Aaron Rodgers, how he sees the field, he is going to throw it to the open guy. Uh, and now the nuances, though, for Christian Watson, I'm looking for you on this particular play. Can you, can you deliver? Can you be there? Uh, and if he can do that with Aaron Rodgers and develop him, then all of a sudden you're talking about an ascent for Christian Watson that could be incredible. Okay, you were ready to play week one. But if, you, if you'd gone into that situation and there was no Haynes and Ryzen uh, in, in front of you, and they were looking at you like, all right, now we need you to kind of mm-hmm. be the number one. Would you have been okay with that mentally? Because that's, that's what I'm worried about with Watson here, and I do like the price point at 9-1. to one. Right. But it, what are we asking him to be? Because 
you were you stepped in and all rookie because man, like that you had two other guys too. So I got to think that was easier well, than if you didn't have anybody there in front of you. I no. didn't want to be number three. That's the th- that's you wanted the whole, to be the one. I wanted to be number one. Wow. I wanted to be number two, at least number two, right? <laughs> I mean, who wants to be number three? Uh, but I was a rookie, and, and it worked out because you know the start that we had to playoffs, and then certainly making all rookie and all that. But uh, I think the attitude of these receivers coming into the league now. They're ready to go. Okay. They're out of the box, plug and play. Let's so they go. want to go right to the top. Right, right, right. So even though he went to a smaller school, uh, at 9-1, to one, I, I like the price point. I, I like the other players, too, Alave. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Mickey Loomis was in the organization in Seattle when they drafted Joey Galloway. Uh, and talking to Randy Mueller and, you know, the Ted Ginn juniors and the Ohio State receivers, I, I think Chris Alave, depending on Jameis, and how they perform, that's another one at 11-1 that's attractive, too. I'm sure that the guys like uh, Haynes and Ryzen were like, this guy's going to be a number one. We, we better hold on to this job as long as we can because this young gun is here in Atlanta. Uh, I love going back to, to those days. And by the way, yeah, like what a receiving core you yeah. walked into on day one. And sometimes people go, well, why would you draft somebody like yourself? The rich get richer. Right. And it's, sometimes you add it at positions that you already have a pretty good players. It's in. about matchups now, yeah. too. And we saw that in the Super Bowl. When you can't cover Cooper Cup and, and you okay, you're worried about other players. Odell Beckham Jr. gets hurt, but other players just step up. But if you have multiple wide receivers now, uh, that's really going to make your offense work. All right, it's a fascinating list of potential rookies of the year and uh, kind of figure out ways to walk through those numbers. And I think Pritchett nailed it right on the head. Availability is job number one. If you don't get that availability, it's really going to be hard to catch those numbers. So think about that before you make those wagers. We'll talk more NFL draft and some of the numbers associated with it when you come back with us right here in the Lombardi line on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. First Bet wants to get you ready for horse racing's Triple Crown with a great offer for new customers. Sign up now with promo code VEGAS22 and bet at least $25 on the Kentucky Derby. You're going to receive $25 in free bets for both the Preakness and the Belmont Stakes. You must sign up with First Bet by May 7th using the code VEGAS22 to qualify. Register today with Vegas with the code VEGAS22 at vcin.com slash horses. Back alongside Mike Pritchard, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line here on VEASAN. And it's always fascinating, Pritch, to talk NFL draft with you, especially with the receivers, because out of the two of us, one of us was drafted in the first round. You know, I, and I look at some of the props that we have associated with some of these wide receivers. And again, as you made, I thought, a, a very salient point in the last segment, which is availability. Which guy's going to get the opportunity here to cast some of these tickets? In the props fields here, just for touchdowns, mm-hmm. Now, normally you want to go like a big-bodied receiver is what I'm thinking about, right? Then you look at Traylon Burks here, as we mentioned him with Tennessee and the quarterback situation there. Right now, they've got five-and-a-half as the prop for receiving touchdowns. You see Drake London at four-and-a-half. Chris Olave is interesting in New Orleans at four-and-a-half. Jahan Dotson out of Penn State going to the Commanders and Carson Wentz. And there's Garrett Wilson there in New York with Zach Wilson. He's at three-and-a-half. Any of those numbers stand out to you, and if so, why? Well, look at Drake London, uh, over four and a half is minus 140. Mm. Uh, Same thing with Garrett Wilson, over three and a half is minus 140. Uh, So Garrett Wilson, he's he's a playmaker. He was my number one receiver on the board, Mm -hmm. and his number is at three and a half. I I get it. It's probably because it's the Jets, right? Right. Uh, But I'm not sleeping on that because I I think Garrett Wilson is a playmaker. Uh, So looking to go over – uh, with Garrett Wilson at three and a half touchdowns. I mean, this today's NFL, three and a half touchdowns, and a lot is depending on that. I think Zach Wilson is a pure pocket passer, uh, and he'll be more disciplined with weapons around him. And they got to coach that in him. Like, they got to they gotta, they gotta identify that for Zach Wilson, and I, I think they will. Uh, Drake London, four and a half, it, it's, it's interesting because I, I think, again, just how and why Atlanta drafted him was to utilize him in the red zone. Right. Like he can run the stop routes. He can run the sideline fade stops and move the chains and stuff like that. But where, where Drake London is going to be more effective is in the red zone because you have Kyle Pitts as well. So his number is at four and a half. Uh, I'm intrigued by that. 
I look at Chris Olave at four and a half, and right now you pretty much even money plus a dollar. Mm-hmm. And I go, take the top off the defense guy, right? And right. Jameis Winston, we know that's what he likes to do. That feels like a, 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 a scenario where I might be inclined to play the over there, just thinking how many nine routes we're going to send this kid on and let's go get it, right? D- does that feel like, again, it's a lot of them. If you've got to get at least five. But it feels like there's going to be opportunity that, that Jameis likes to throw that route and have somebody go over the top and get it. Sure. And before Jameis got hurt, I mean, you look at the Saints, they were 5-2. and two. Uh, They were they were, they were, they were heading in the right direction, yeah. right, uh, with that defense, too. So, yeah, I mean, Alave is in a nice situation. you got Michael Thomas coming back from injury, and they got some other guys that are dependable. Uh, but they, they have a good collection for a rookie player like that to go over – and it's plus 100 to go over four and a half. That gets interesting because he is a deep threat. Right. He, that's, that's Mickey Loomis. I'll go back to that. Mickey Loomis, you know, Joey Galloway, you know, Ted Ginn when mm-hmm. Randy Mueller was there too. So they want somebody like that. Uh, and that's Olave in, in their eyes. A speed guy, uh, not a yak. Not they a yak have guy. To catch, but a speed guy. But they have Michael Thomas, like I mentioned before, and other, other players too. So, um, no, I, I like that situation plus 100. Uh, for Chris Olave over four and a half. All right, so that's how you kind of evaluate the receiving touchdowns. Now let's just do this prop scenario for yards. Okay. And this is obviously the same names, but you figure out the styles of the games and how this might equate and how it could be very different. So again, you look at Traylon Burks here at Tennessee, he's the number one guy on the board, which is interesting to me that you have to almost get 870 yards uh, it, it feels a little bit high just off the naked eye. You see Drake London there at uh, two, uh, 764 and a half. There's Alave, 719 and a half. Dotson in D.C. at 709 and a half. And Garrett Wilson, 7, 749 and a half. I, am I wrong in thinking that Burks, even though they say they're going to force feed him, feels like a high number to get for any rookie receiver. But, again, he could be the number one in day one. Yeah, he's the number one receiver. Um, he he really is going to be the number one guy there when you trade A.J. Brown away. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. At least they expect him to be. Uh, but that offense, too. I mean, the opportunity with Derrick Henry, if he can stay healthy, uh, he can have an opportunity to be a big playmaker, chunk yards, that kind of thing. Uh, but, again, depending on the quarterback situation being, being resolved there, too, I'm not intrigued by Drake London uh, at 764 no. and a half. Uh, Alave gets interesting, though, 719 and a half. That's an interesting number. Seven, why 719 and a half? So, right. <laughs> so, and again, the, the idea is, is that Alave is going to be a guy that's probably going to be a, you know, we might not get but five receptions a game, but you're expecting one of them to be a, a big variety, right? Right. An over 30 type scenario yeah. here with the potential to break one for 60. Mm-hmm. So that's the idea here. Burks might be more of that seven, eight, nine target guy a game as the number one guy. Olave's targets aren't going to be as much, but yet the yards could right. be more for the style, style of routes that he's going to Right, run. right. And Jameis likes to throw those deep routes, like you mentioned, too, and different uh, coaching staff, offense coordinator now other than Sean Payton. But uh, uh, Garrett Wilson, we know Zach wants to do that, too, a little yeah. bit. Uh, he's 749 and a half, which is interesting. Um, but I, I, the, the most attractive one on the board from a yards receiving prop standpoint to me is Chris Olave, 719 and a half. Okay. Very so quickly. Going over that. On Dotson, what do you expect in D.C.? Because I had a lot of people back home in D.C. that were texting me, oh, mm-hmm. I don't like the pick. And I'm like, y- you traded down to get him. And I know at Penn State it was hard to evaluate maybe because the quarterback situation there. And I got Carson Wentz there. Is this going to work? Is, is, is Dotson Wentz? Commanders, year one, all of these new things in D.C., is this going to work out? I mean, as a player, 
I would run away from Carson Wentz as a receiver. I wouldn't want to. Why? I mean, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, but as a better here, I, I mean, 709 and a half, if everything's going okay, that's not. Not that hard to that's get. That's not hard to get, um, especially when you have McLaurin on the other side, too. Yeah. And, um, you know, Curtis Samuel with his injury history. Uh, there's probably going to be a lot of opportunity for Dotson. It's just the quarterback, though. It's, I know. It's, it's, hard, it's, hard to, it's hard to wager because mm-hmm. essentially you're wagering on Wentz. Sure. Right? You're, you're assuming Dotson's going to be just fine as the rookie, and all the reports out of Penn State are pretty good. But can the quarterback make this work? That, I think, would be the big question before you lay those numbers on Dotson. Again, to your point, if Alave is, is there with Jameis, we know Jameis throws that deep ball well. Right, That's right. what he does well. So it feels like there's a better – potential to get that number than it might be for, say, a, a Dotson or a Drake London, who's paired with Marcus Mariota. Put it this way. If I could put the uniform back on, I would rather play with Taylor Heineke, Heineke. than Carson Wentz. I'm right there with you. I, I actually think he's still the better option. They have a quarterback, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, let's go to defense very quickly here, Pritz. Look at defensive Roy possibilities here. And obviously, when you have Hutchinson going second overall to Detroit, you have Kayvon Thibodeau going five to the Giants. Uh, Trayvon Walker, what's interesting for me is he's the number one pick, mm-hmm. but yet he's third on this board here at plus 750 to be de- defensive rookie of the year. Hutchinson and Thibodeau at plus 450. Uh, Quay Walker with Green Bay, eight to one there. Uh, Jermaine Johnson's a very interesting name for the Jets at nine to one. Then he gets to the corner, Stingley at nine to one. Uh, Sauce Gardner is a 10 to 1. Devin Lloyd's 10 to 1. Kyle Hamilton, a little bit off the board there uh, for a safety position at 11 to 1 in Baltimore, but it felt like a very raveny pick. Is there a long shot that you might like there, or do you think it's going to be one of the chalkier players? Uh, Devin Lloyd, uh, from a long shot standpoint, uh, he, he's an impact player, and we'll see if Jacksonville can get it together there. Yeah. Um, uh, Jermaine Johnson, though, because you got two New York edges, right? Jermaine Johnson, who fell. Uh, and then you got Thibodeau, who's a higher-profile guy. Who's going to be more distracted? Mm. Who's going to be more locked in? Mm. Uh, now, the Giants situation where, where the coaches – I mean, complete transition over there, complete turnover, uh, whereas Jermaine Johnson's trying to get established with a culture with Salah. Sure. But if you look where Salah has been in San Francisco, oh, I mean, he's produced from an edge standpoint. So uh, I think that guy knows some edge players when he sees one, and they found Jermaine Johnson. I like him at plus 900. Um, as a Cowboy fan. And again, we'll figure out how the lineman out of Tulsa works out for the Cowboys. They had the opportunity to select Johnson right right ahead of this, and they did not do it. And that, to me, when you lose Randy Gregory to Denver, maybe they didn't anticipate he would be on that board. I thought right. maybe you adjust the board there. I love your idea there, Johnson at 9-1, to one, because I'm with you. I think the Jets got a real opportunity to get a, a disruptive pass rusher. And if the Jets are, we're going to buy into these drafts here. It's going to start with defense. That's what Robert Sala always emphasizes here. I think he's got a real opportunity to cash that ticket. Well, he does because on the back end, you also have Gardner, mm. uh, like from you know a cover standpoint. So the combination of those two guys uh, could be pretty nice for the Jets. Very quickly in the final minute, uh, Hutchinson, Thibodeau, or Walker, who's going to have more sacks? I think Hutchinson will. Uh, you know, the mentality there in Detroit, uh, staying at home that way. Uh, knowing what the expectations are, too. Hutchinson is a player that can embrace that. Mm. Met him out here at the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, just a, just an impressive individual uh, already. So, I, he, yeah, he's going to embrace the mentality of biting off kneecaps, and, and certainly that's going to flourish up there in Detroit. Overs uh, plus money, plus 110 to get to nine sacks. You think he yeah. gets her? That's yeah, a lot of that's sacks. That's a lot. Though. Look at the under, though. Minus 145. Woo! So, no, I, I think he's going to – I think he's going to um, – do some good things up there in Detroit. All right, that's going to be very interesting. At one, two, and five on those draft boards. Defense, it's an offensive league, and they were drafting defense. 
uh, to begin the NFL draft a week ago. All right, when we come back, Lou Finnecaro is going to join us, going to talk all things UFC 274 in his neck of the woods out there in Arizona. Come on back. It is the Lombardi line right here on these in the Sports Betting Network. The Kentucky Derby is Saturday, and right now, VEASAN is offering you a special $9.99 Kentucky Derby betting guide with previews of all the horses and jockeys for every race, plus best bets for the entire weekend, including the run for the roses. So pre-order your copy now for only $9.99 at VEASAN.com slash Derby Guide. That's VEASAN.com slash Derby Guide. Back alongside Mike Pritchard, I'm Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line, and Pritchard, they don't get much bigger in the UFC than what we have this weekend at UFC 274. And I don't know if they waited for this big main event with Charles Oliveira against Justin Gaethje to do it in Lou Finicaro's backyard there in Arizona. But that's exactly where it's going to be this weekend as Lou is kind enough to join us now. Follow him on Twitter, at GamLou, as I do. Hey, Lou, hey, first of all, is Seattle cracking? I see you representing there. I know you're big into the hockey playoffs. I absolutely am, and many times when I greet you and Mike, I do it like this because we're going to talk about fights, but today... <laughs> I'm going to have the elbow up because I'm doing a lot of work in the corners. Tell us a little bit about it then very quickly before we get to UFC, because I know really you use the regular season in the NHL as a guide for you uh, to really get the best edges in the postseason. What's the difference for you in those two seasons? Yeah, the, the difference is, is that when we get to the playoffs, you see a team like Pittsburgh and the Rangers and a Rangers team that would be overwhelmed in a shootout or in a three-on-three situation. They're not skaters. They, would have, they wouldn't have gotten to the shootout. However, in the big boy season of the playoffs, they play till someone wins, and Shesterson now the goaltender, the blue line of the Rangers, as well the blue line and the uh, goaltending for Pittsburgh steps up and games get tighter, and you play with a much more attrition. It's hard to fool me after 82 games of data, but what I look for in the playoffs is a team that's has a world-class goalie, has world-class defense in front of him, and wins some face-offs. After that, I can overlook a lot. You know, Lou, on that note, too, I mean, the Avs and their victory 7-2 over the Predators. I mean, uh, they got Kemper in net now. They got a world-class player, unbelievable McCarr, and all that talent. Uh, Landis Gawk's coming back, too. He's been banged up most of the year. I mean, you're not going to get a good number uh, on the Avs, but yet from just one game, I mean, what kind of intel did you gather? I gathered that uh, over the course of the last two or three seasons when the Avs have waltzed into the playoffs as the chalk or as the hunted, they have broken down physically because they're a regular season stalwart. They're mm -hmm. a tiptoer, play precision hockey, and they always had a difficult time getting heavy enough for the playoffs. That changed this year for two reasons. Number one, they've gotten their face rubbed in the manure for a couple of years. They knew they had to get a little heavier. That team addressed it at the trade deadline. I would say the only issues for Colorado right now is how they deal with the new continuity of some of those new players. 
But Colorado is absolutely the team to beat in the West. This is why you got to follow him on Twitter at Gamblue, not just for UFC, for great hockey uh, intel as well as we get into that second season. I do have to go to UFC 274 here because I got to get your thoughts on the main event. We start right at the top. Look, Charles Oliveira, Du Bronx right now, has kind of reinvented himself as the lightweight champion of the world. It's been really impressive to watch his ascent. Now he's going up against the guy they call the highlight, and for very good reason, in Justin Gaethje. And Gaethje right now, uh, plus money here, plus $1.45 to gain the lightweight championship of the, of the world and take it away from Du Bronx. What do you make of this number, and what do you make of this potential five-round highlight fight? Well, it's going to be a dynamic clash of styles, and what was really is interesting about it was this fight was originally scheduled for Brazil. So that opener of Oliveira minus 150, minus 155, I think would have grown or ballooned into the 200 range had it stayed down in Brazil. But it didn't. It now moves to Arizona, where Gaethje went to high school in the same stadium where he he held his high school state wrestling championship. So now Gaethje's going to have the crowd. We see that the price is Oliveira minus 165, 170. I don't know that it gets much higher than that because of this dynamic. Gaethje, the, the slugger, the aggressor, has a wrestling background but doesn't really use it. Oliveira, a much more well-rounded, refined, mixed martial artist, better on the feet, much better, has some length on Gaethje, more ways to win with Oliveira. Oliveira is going to have to make Gaethje work for the first five minutes to tire him out and soften him up. There's no softening him up, really, but to tire him out. And in that first five minutes, Oliveira must stay out of the way of recklessness or charging into Gaethje to engage. You know, I'm fascinated when I look at this, and again, a potential five-round matchup, right? And the over-under is set at one and a half, Lou. Now, again, it's juiced to the over there at minus 165. But they're double-dog daring you to say that this fight's going to go at least a round and a half. We know that the highlight, it can get crazy. It can be chaotic. And we've seen that from Dubronx, too. If you go back to the Michael Chandler fight, right? He almost got stopped in that first round and then stopped the fight early in the second round. Is this going to be a quick night like the bookmakers expect? Or do you think potentially it could be longer than people see? Well, that's a great question. I mean, clearly the easiest way to sub a guy is when it's early and he's dry and he's not sweaty and I can get a hold of your leg, neck, arm, whatever. Meanwhile, Gaethje, he's crisp, fresh, fires hot immediately. And that's when Dubronx has shown the ability to be hit. So I think that if you're looking at that, uh, you want to get uh, cute and do the props. Clearly, Gaethje by finish, KO, TKO would be the way to go. And the other way to look is uh, Dubronx via the submission. For me, I, I think you take the over there, or you may even, you know, fight gets to the third round and get a better price. Because I do think that uh, Gaethje is going to be determined, have better takedown defense. It's going to take a while for this matador in Dubronx to slow down the big bull that is Gaethje. I think it's an excellent handicap. I kind of see it the same way, too. I, my proclivity would be to take the over there, even though you have to lay that number at minus 165 right now. Let's go to the co-main. And this is 
a rematch for Rose Namajunas, Doug Rose, who is the champion here at the strawweight division, taking on Carlo Esparza. Now, people might have forgotten, Lou, I know you have not, that Esparza won this back in the day in the Ultimate Fighter series, and now Rose gets a shot all these years later to kind of get that loss removed from her record if she could. She's a solid favorite to do it at minus 225. Carla, plus 185 in the comeback here for the challenger. What should be different at least in your eyes, to have that line that much decided in Rose's favor? Um, I, my, in, in my opinion, the line is different because Rose is a diametrically different fighter with different confidence and much more developed weaponry. And Esparza is the exact same prototypical wrestler that she was before. Um, when Joanna uh, uh, dominated Esparza. I won tons of money on that handicap and have been writing the accolades since. However, I've lost money on Esparza because her uh, opponents refuse to realize she's got one way to beat you, and that's to wrestle. Nama Yunus will certainly understand what's coming. She trains at elevation. I, I really think this is her fight to control. And because it's a five-round fight, I would take a look at Nami Yunus inside the distance. I, I'm right there with you with the spars. Look, props to Carla for getting back to the climb the, the mountain again and get this title rematch here. Because, again, you look at her, she, goes, she is a wrestler. She's not a striker. If Rose keeps this, fighting, uh, this fight standing on her feet, you would think it could be easy work for the champ. There is a lightweight bout that's going to command a lot of attention here, too. And that, is, of course, is Michael Chandler against Tony Ferguson. I am stunned, Lou, when I see that Tony Ferguson is over a $3 underdog to Michael Chandler. Am I wrong in thinking that this line feels a little bit ballooned in the favor of Michael Chandler? When we realize what Tony was just, you know, up until uh, his bout with Gaethje in May of 2020, yes, However, when we realize or take a closer look at what his activity has been since that fight, then the answer is no. And so which Tony are we going to get? Uh, when it goes, it goes quick in this game. Uh, they've they've given, they've fed Chandler to the Lions' his first three <laughs> UFC bouts. And this is no easy match for him. But I, I believe he overwhelms Tony Ferguson in this match. Got only about a minute to go here with, with Lou Finicaro. And very quickly, we've got Shogun Hua on this card. we got another legend in Cowboy Cerrone against another legend in his own right in Joe Lozon. When you look at these guys, it feels like the retirement tour here, Lou. How do you handicap it, though, when you look at Cerrone against Lozon? Uh, I, I handicap that one as wondering uh, why I'm seeing so much Joe Lozon love. I, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I know he's had a little more success and he's been a little busier lately. Um, but I think this is going to be a kickboxing match and that lends itself to Cowboy. I don't know if it's a fight, I'll bet. But I think that's a good, fa that's a favorable matchup for Cowboy, Dave. I see it right there the same way as you. Uh, Lou Finnecaro, appreciate the time and the information. Again, follow him on Twitter at Gamble and check out the pod. It's the Bout Business Podcast, people. He is about business. And look, he's got the puck out. He's ready to go. Uh, Lou, appreciate the time and the information as always, my friend. Great information as always. When we come back, put the finishing touches here with Mike Pritchard on another great edition of the Lombardi Line on the Sports Betting Network. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. 
Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? Well, come on out and convert those BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining and shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resort properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. 
sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligible restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back alongside Mike Pritchard, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN. I love the conversation with Lou Finicaro. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking ahead to UFC 274. And a shameless plug again for first strike, first look. You can listen to that pod. I did it yesterday with Ricardo Lamas, a guy at 145 pounds, who's one of the last men ever to beat the current champion uh, in Dubronx, Charles Oliveira. And I asked him yesterday, Pritch, I said, if you're cornering Justin Gaethje, since you destroyed Oliveira, right? Now, again, that was a different weight class at 145. Now these guys are going to fight at 155. What would you tell him? And he said, tell him to, to be Justin Gaethje. Like, you have to be you. And if what you do is better than what he does best, you're going to win the fight. Okay. If I try to just game plan for what I think he does poorly, I might be taking myself out of my fight mentality. So it's an interesting way that fighters look at it. And sometimes it is kind of checkers and chess in there. And, you know, I, I call it kind of human chess. That's what it is. I'm right. trying to checkpoint you mm-hmm. and figure out a way to get you to submit. So I think for Gaethje, to Ricardo's point is, do what you do. And what you do is throw hands. And I know you can wrestle, but you don't utilize that wrestling anymore. Right. I think that's the fight you're going to see from Justin Gaethje. You know, that's revealing, too. And I listened to First Strike. I listened about business, too, with Lou. I mean, it's great, it's great information. Now, you guys give out your picks on Friday. Yes. So I got to wait. I get, Tuesday, I get to preview. <laughs> Friday, I get to picks. But uh, it's great information and great uh, uh, perspective, too. Uh, you know, sticking with the game plan is one thing. But for a better, though, to get mm-hmm. that kind of information is always key. Yes. And that's what I look for. And certainly with Lou Finicaro, to get that information, too. And Lou also talks about weigh-ins and All getting information. And we had this, this discussion about, okay, you're going to look for the weight cuts and how they look and how they, how they might feel to you, too, depending on how stringent that weight cut was. Yes. But on top of that, what other information are you looking for uh, at the weigh-ins? Well, I think weigh-ins, you can, you can glean a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and Lou is great uh, observing those things. And, again, when I've covered those in the past in person, you can definitely glean a little bit more. Was it a tough weight cut or not? Right. right? And that's why Charles Oliveira now is a 155-pounder because he can't he just couldn't make that weight anymore at 145 when he fought the Ricardo Lamases of the world. So now, all of a sudden, at 155, it's a, it's a good natural weight okay. for Bronx, right? Gaethje is an energy guy. And when he has that energy, as we saw, say, in the Michael Chandler fight, mm-hmm. right, he's going to come out guns blazing. If, and I think this is the key here if you want to back Gaethje, and I'm, I'm leaning towards that way, if he comes out with a more controlled pace like he had against Tony Ferguson, right. a guy that you look at Tony Ferguson, you go, how in the world can I catch him? Well, I can catch him by being patient, mm. right? He can catch Charles Oliveira, if he's more patient. I know that sounds almost counterintuitive, but I think if he goes forward with fire and brimstone early, I think he can gas himself out. And that's where Dubronx could get a, a later round stoppage right. in the second, third or fourth rounds, if need be. So if Gaethje can, can, can with, with, with stain that urge, mm-hmm. that impulse that he has to be highly combative from the jump, Pritch, if he can show discipline, he can win the fight. Okay. If he's undisciplined, I don't, he might be able to get Dubronx out of there because Chandler almost got it done. Right, right. But to me, it's about patience for, for, for Gaethje. If he shows the patience, he can win the fight. So at a weigh-in, you can kind of get a feeling or a, you can gauge the conditioning level. What do, what do I right. have in the tank? Right, right, right. okay. Do, do I have five rounds in right. me? 
Because I, I think people didn't think that Gaethje did. He mm-hmm. did against Tony Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Can he do it now in a five-round fight against against Chandler? He knew it was a three-round fight, so he went with everything that he had, fire and brimstone, to get it done, and right. ultimately got got the you know got uh, one of the best fights you're ever going to see in three rounds. He can't do that pace with Charles Oliveira for five rounds. He can't. Okay. I think Dubronx has shown you that his chin's okay. Like Chandler wobbled him at the end of that first round and looked like he could get it done. And then Dubronx flipped the script the second and took that one-minute breather. That cardio is there for mm-hmm. Dubronx. Gaethje has to match the cardio of Charles Oliveira, make this, be able to extend the fight without losing that energy. If he can do that, he can win the fight. And actually, right now, as I lean on a Friday, we'll wait to see the weight cut looks like on, okay. on Friday. If it's a good cut for him, I think Gaethje's a real live dog in this scenario. What about Rose and Carla? Because Carla, the information we got from Lou, mm-hmm. she's a wrestler and she's going to shoot at Rose. That's what she's going to do. Does Rose have the conditioning and stamina to, to kind of withstand that? Absolutely. The one okay. thing, the only thing that ever gets in Rose Namajunas' way is Rose. Okay. It's her mentality, mm-hmm. right? So cardio is not going to be an issue for Rose at all. At all. It's going to be takedown defense. Mm. If she can defend those takedowns, and I think at minus 225, normally you don't like to lay those big numbers, I, I think that's a solid play. Okay. And again, Carla wants to try to grind and wear her out with those takedowns. So can she be successful doing that? I think it's going to be a, a tougher Rose Namajunas to, to lose point than she did the first time around. Mm-hmm. So I think Rose is less susceptible today to being taken down and mentally put at a disposition that's it's a different rose that we're seeing in the octagon these days. Right. So I don't think that there's a, as good a chance of that happening here. I think the better chance is, is that Rose dictates pace. And if she doesn't get a stoppage, she can easily win a five round decision okay. in that fight. That's the way I kind of see that. The Cowboy Cerrone fight is the interesting Man. one here, right? When layoff? You look at, right. With the layoff <laughs> and how many wins have you had recently in the last couple of years? Right. And is this the swan song for Cowboy? I think it very well could be. But I also think this style is perfect for him because Joe Lozon's the type of guy that's going to go, you know what? You know what I don't want to do is go wrestle for three rounds with Cowboy. Let's give the fans what they want to see. So I think you're going to see a three-round stand-up fight between these two legends. And if it is a kickboxing matchup, mm-hmm. I don't want to lay money. or I don't want to take money with Lozon in a kickboxing matchup with, with Cowboy Cerrone, one of the best uh, kickboxers we've seen in 170 Well, it pounds. feels like this is where Cowboy literally rides off into the sunset, right? This, right? It feels I like mean, that's what they're doing here. Right. And the, and the other one here, and another legend on the card, is Shogun Hua. And he's going to go up, uh, up against Ovin St. Prue and a big underdog in this one. Again, if Ovin St. Prue wrestles, it could be a very easy night for mm-hmm. him, right? Mm-hmm. And, and some people might say, oh, boring. Well, I don't want to do what you do best. And I don't want to stand up with, with, uh, with Shogun Hua here. Right. Uh, Ovin St. Prue doesn't owe anything to the crowd. So it's going to be interesting. How stylistically are these fights with these legends that you see in the mm-hmm. card here? And again, even Michael Chandler coming over uh, from Bellator now has clearly, quickly earned a reputation as just a, a high-octane, highly entertaining fighter. If he wrestles, it's easy. Right. But guys don't – it's like they don't do what's the easiest pathway. But Ferguson's going to come straight in, though, right? I mean, F- Ferguson's going to dance. Yeah. He's okay. going to be a break dancer out there. He's going to be trying to okay. keep everything moving. Can you catch me? Right, right. Now, Chandler could get frustrated mm-hmm. and say, you know, screw this. Let me get a double leg takedown, and let's see how you do on the ground, which is not what Tony Ferguson wants to see. Okay. But I do think this is a little bit mispriced. At over $3, Tony Ferguson, I can see a scenario in a three-round fight where cardio is never an issue for Mm -hmm. Tony Ferguson, and maybe it is for Chandler a little bit if he gasses. 
I think a live dog scenario here is Ferguson by decision because I don't know that he's got enough to, to get a TKO or a KO right. of Michael Chandler, but I do think he can do enough with that awkward style and kind of dance around that octagon, frustrate mm-hmm. Michael Chandler and not catch him. I could see a scenario where that happens and that un- underdog could be alive. All right, I'm taking notes. All, right. got all these notes now. And again, we'll get more of that here uh, <laughs> on First Strike coming up on Friday, but just as a little precursor, because it is such a big card mm-hmm. with so many legends on, on that fight card on Saturday night. And I'm sure it's going to be a highly bet upon event uh, here in Las Vegas and certainly out there in Arizona. Before we go, though, we've got about 90 seconds. Just very quickly, your final thoughts on the NBA playoffs before we get to those games tonight. We touched upon them in the first hour, but – very quickly, Philadelphia. They got to flip the script here quickly without Joel Embiid in game right. two. Do you think they can do it? Well, I think they're trying to play the perfect basketball game because Embiid, the presence is gone. It's not there. They can't turn the ball over. So, in other words, they got to be perfect. And that's a lot of pressure uh, on them. I just think Miami's got so many options. Yes. Uh, Hero off the bench has been incredible. That's a mismatch each and every night. I don't care if Embiid's on the floor, uh, but I don't want to lay eight points. So, it's. It's the playoff basketball. We've seen the physicality step up. 208's the total, too. That's a little low. Uh, but I, I don't want to lay the eight points with uh, with uh, Miami. I'm with you there. I might play the Heat with a money line scenario here okay. and find another dance partner. And mm-hmm. I wonder where that dance partner could come in that Dallas uh, in Phoenix game, too. Because, again, you get, what, 45 from Luka, and right. you can't win or cover the number. I don't know if you can get that good of a Luka Doncic in game two. They had a chance to cover, though. They did. They had a chance Late to cover. One. And and I, I think I'm gravitating towards that because I'm even though the Mavs are, are looking for more production from others, uh, Luka is so ball dominant. Uh, if that changes, though, uh, I like the defensive effort and, and then certainly the Suns with the superstars. But uh, this is a tough one. I, I, I don't want to bet that one yet either. Uh, well, 216 if, is a total. If I did, then maybe what I would think about is a Miami money line play and take the six with the Mavs. Possibly okay. in a scenario there. But I'm yeah. with you. That first game in, in, in uh, down, down there in Miami feels a little bit too tricky for me. Prince, always enjoyed the conversation. Enjoy as, always, as my well. Friend. I want to thank Lou Finicaro and Steve Mackin for their e- expert analysis as well. Keep it right here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.